0: Our number two begins with our friend Tom Hauser from Channel 5, the best political reporter, observer in the state of Minnesota. How many days have you filled in for Venita this week?
1: Well, it seems like, is there 100 days in a week? <laughs> so it feels like 100.
0: So have you been every day this week?
1: When you get up at 4.30 in the morning, it's... Every day but Monday, and then I did last Thursday and Friday.
0: Are you forcing so Vanita I'm... out? Is that what's going? Do I have to defend Vanita? I mean, is, <laughs> are you are you encouraging her to
1: snowshoe more? What is what is up here? <laughs> she's forcing me in. I am not forcing her out. <laughs> yes, no, she's she's on vacation, and uh, you know, which which for her means only going out socially. Five percent more than she does when she
0: works. I was going to say, it seems like we've joked. There's like nine Vanitas because each time I look, she's at a different game. She's at a
1: different. <laughs> I did not know she was an identical triplet until she started working <laughs> at CCO Radio. That is true. Let, let's She can be everywhere at once. Yes.
0: Let's get to uh, Tim Walls. I believe is the governor of the state and the feeding our future scandal. So he's proposing adding an inspector general. To the Department of Education, he unveiled this yesterday. He said, we need to protect taxpayer dollars. The plan will help ensure the state government works as efficiently and as effectively as possible. He also talked about devoting resources to the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension. What is your view about what he announced? And do we know as much as we should about the scandal as the year comes to an end, considering the consequences and the impact of what we do know so far and a lot of us still thinking there's still plenty more to drop?
1: Oh, We're going to find out a lot more. We don't nearly know all that went on. The, the, the fraud is on such a massive scale that uh, there has to be some accounting for Why was it allowed to go on for so long? And I don't think anybody's buying what we heard during the campaign that, you know, the FBI said, don't do anything because we don't want to tip them off. So let's keep squandering taxpayer dollars until we're blue in the face. And then we'll sort it out later. Um, I, 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 I don't know if it was just gross incompetence or, or looking the other way and going, well, this can't possibly be happening. So, you know, it it must not be true. But as we've seen in story after story, when there are these organizations claiming that they're feeding like 5,000 people a week or whatever it is, the the numbers just didn't add up. I mean, where did these 5,000 people come from? The, these these uh, children that you were supposedly feeding I mean it's just it, it, you know and in, in terms of what the governor is proposing you know he's got to propose something I suppose but I don't know that adding another layer of government is is the answer I mean we already have a, a legislative auditor we have the BCA we have these investigative, uh agencies and branches that exist right now maybe give them some more resources i don't know that you need to create a, a whole nother bureaucracy to to deal with something that on the face of it doesn't seem like it should have been that hard to detect
0: well i'll go back to your point, and i'm with you a hundred percent and i heard the governor and the attorney general who both won their elections and both will remain in those jobs in the next four years they both said listen the FBI, we work with them, they praised us, Andy Luger praised us, and the belief was from the FBI that we should continue to allow this fraud uh, to continue. Tens of, tens of million after tens of million after tens of million after tens of million. I'm on record just like you. I don't believe that. I don't believe the FBI is going to watch millions and millions and millions of dollars continue to go out and say, we just have to keep going because it wasn't Tom, like a million, it was tens and tens of millions of dollars that was escaping through fraud. And they, it wasn't as if there was like um, a group that they had been targeting for years and, they were working all throughout the globe, and this was some enormous cabal. This was here, and losing that money in a, in a staggering way, and that explanation just doesn't hold up to me or you or, I think, anybody objectively.
1: Yeah, anybody who looks at it, you know, with objective eyes is going to go, no, this, this doesn't add up. I Now, I've seen no evidence that anybody – in state government uh, was committing a crime like was lining their own pockets with some of this money, you know, by looking the other way. I've seen no evidence of that. That's why I get to the gross incompetence uh, aspect of this. Is that what happened? I mean, is there was there just or was it just the fact that the federal government was throwing so much money at all the states? during COVID. I still don't think we've heard the end of exactly where all this money went because there was such a flood of dollars coming into not just Minnesota, but every state that I still don't think there is a full accounting of all of this. And I know the the legislative auditor, uh, Judy Randall, has told me so. And so we're going to see a lot more Uh, coming out in in the future about exactly how all of this money was spent and was it spent the way it was supposed to be.
0: Tom Hauser with us, 14 past one. Chad Hartman here with you on CCO. Let's talk about the governor and new members of his cabinet and what, if anything, those appointments lead you to think about the direction he may be going in the first year of his second term.
1: Well, it's, it's kind of hard to say. They haven't made any of them available to us yet. We, we tried to do interviews last week, and they said uh, they were not going to be a, a, allowed to speak to the media until January second, which I, uh, it was obviously is next week after the governor is, is re sworn into office. So I'm not 100 percent certain why that is. I, I don't know that it that, there, that there's any big change in the way things are going to happen. You know, you've got Paul Marquardt, who's going to be at Revenue. He uh, knows a lot about the Minnesota tax system as a a tax chair uh, in the House. And it'll be interesting. The the health commissioner is a doctor, uh, which will be new. Jan Malcolm was a health care expert, but not a doctor. So that will be interesting to see how that plays out. But I To be honest with you, about a lot of them, I don't know a lot about them yet, and we have not been able to speak to them yet. So it's kind of hard to say what direction they're going.
0: Let's pause. I want to talk uh, national immigration when we come back, what happened yesterday with Title 42, how visible people in Congress in this state are on the immigration issue, and how big you think it will be uh, early next year, uh, as, as Biden now works with a Republican-led House, who knows if Kevin McCarthy will be the speaker or not, but the Republicans will have the majority in the House and where immigration might be going because clearly it has not worked out close to how the Biden administration wanted. Let's be honest, it really hasn't worked out well for many administrations, but this one has been a major problem for Joe Biden and the Democrats. Back with Tom in moments here on CCO. We are back here with uh, Tom Hauser from Channel 5. He is on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker hotline, immigration, border security, the need for workers, dreamers, some sort of global uh, policy passing both the House and Senate and signed by a president. This has been going on forever. It's really hot and heavy right now considering the number of uh, individuals, migrants, who have um, uh, massed on the border, who have crossed the border, the huge debate this has been within the Republican Party, how Donald Trump, in many ways, won the presidency, won the nomination because of his strong views on immigration. So Title 42, that came in while Donald Trump was president regarding COVID in in a way to stop a number of immigrants from coming in. The Biden administration has wanted it removed. A lot of people have questioned, okay, if you want it removed, what plan do you have to supplement it? Including many Democrats saying, what what do you have for it? So yesterday, the Supreme Court keeps it in play. It is a 5-4 victory for the Republican-led states. To me, Tom, the most interesting writing of all this was from Neil Gorsuch, who was a part of the opposition. He was with Sotomayor, Kagan, and Jackson. And part of what Justice Gorsuch said, he does not discount the state's concerns about security. But he noted that Title 42 was put in place to combat COVID-19, and the current border crisis is not a COVID crisis. He added, courts should not be in the business of perpetuating administrative edicts designed for one emergency only because elected officials have failed to address a different emergency. To me, Tommy nails it. He absolutely nails it that I have serious concerns about <laughs> what is taking place. But right now COVID is not the reason why you should be stopping or limiting individuals from coming to the state. And like now it's, Hey, just keep it on there because we don't have another policy and Gorsuch is saying that's not what the Supreme Court should be doing. I, I think he's 100 percent right.
1: Well, and you got to remember this uh, Title 42 dates back 75 years. So it, it, it's it been used periodically yeah, and right. in this case it was sure. used it in the in the pandemic. So it's it's it wasn't necessarily a new thing under Trump other than it's the instrument they used to limit immigration, they claim, because of the pandemic. So the situation we're in now, you know, regardless of what, of what Gors- Gorsuch said, you, you know, are we still in a pandemic or aren't we? Are we still in a public health emergency or aren't we? I, I think we remember President Biden, yeah. what was it, a couple months ago on 60 Minutes, pretty much declared we're the done. pandemic over, Yep. Which, which came as news to the CDC uh, yep. and right. the National Institutes of Health. But... You know, so this is not, you know, an, an easy thing to to determine. You have all these people massing at the southern border because they thought it was going to expire December 21st, which was a week ago today. Yep. And now the Supreme Court has ruled that they're going to keep it uh, indefinitely. There's going to be, I, I think it's going to be heard before the court not until February. And so, you know, it's. As you pointed out, there were 19 Republican-led states that that were the main ones trying to fight uh, this ending the, the Title 42 uh, restrictions. So I don't know where it I don't know where it goes from here, but once again, it points out we do not have anything close to coherent immigration policy in this country.
0: Uh, a lot of people don't know this. I may be breaking news, but as a side job, and a little disappointed you did not announce this, you were the campaign manager for George Santos, that you were covering the elections here, but you told George Santos, hey, you're running uh, to be a Republican congressman in New York. This is close race. I got an idea for you. Let's lie about your education. Let's lie about your job. Let's lie about how you uh, made your money in your present occupation. And let's also lie about your religion. I mean, the Santos story I talked about at the start also when Carter hung around a little bit. It is a stunning story. And as I pointed out to a lot of people, Tulsi Gabbard is filling in for Tucker Carlson. Normally that's safe terrain for George Santos, right? I mean, come on, help boost me up. Uh,
1: get or for me th- most Republicans.
0: Yes, yes. Help me get through this before. Guess what? Tomorrow, the next crisis happens. She dissected him. I mean, it was like open heart surgery with no anesthesia. And as we both noted, among his most inflammatory comments is when he's he had been saying for a while he's Jewish. Now he goes, "Well, I'm not Jewish, but I'm Jew-ish, like with a hyphen, like." Are you really saying this? I mean, so I don't know. I mean, obviously, he deserves the majority of the blame. But the Republicans who supported him, any dopey Democrat who did opposition research on this guy has to be fired. And our media brethren, did we, did we Google this guy at all? Did we do anything to investigate him?
1: It, it, it is astounding uh, all the layers that he got through. To get elected, without there being questions about this, and you're right, it's not just the media. Uh, you know, I, I, believe it or not, uh, as I'm reminded every day on Twitter, uh, the media uh, as a whole were not perfect. Hmm. Um, but Dang the opposition it. research generally <laughs> uncovers things that are this egregious. How about one I of mean, them? I th- mean, these are not these are not little mistruths. <laughs> these are just blatant. Out and out fabrications. And a a great quote from uh, Tulsi Dabbard, and this is much like questions you usually uh, pose to me. She said, My question is, do you have no shame? Yeah. She said that to him. When you've lost, if you're a Republican and you've lost Fox News, uh, you've lost the Republican Party. Well, she. she... And so I don't know what they do with it. I, I,
0: well, here here's I, what I she also I, opened. By the way, what does integrity mean to you? And I would encourage people to watch it. And I I, I tweeted it and retweeted what Aaron Rupar the part of the interview. And, of course, it's a variety of comments. Including she's a Russian operative. We've known it. Whatever. If that was another journalist conducting the interview, you'd say, bravo. She, I mean, just judge her on this interview, and then you can go back to judging other ways. She did a good job. Here's part of what's going on, Tom. You know this very, very well. Kevin McCarthy is trying to figure out a way to turn himself into a contortionist to make sure he has the votes to be the next speaker because he's got this group of Gates and uh, Boebert and some of the other in the rightish of the bag of wings saying we want no party. You're too soft.
1: Okay, not but, just rightish. If you're talking about Bobert, we're talking – yeah. To the right of right.
0: Yeah, well, well, right. MAGA, uh, ultra MAGA. This guy said he's going to vote for McCarthy. That's why McCarthy hasn't said a damn thing, because he wants that vote. He knows how close he is to the Speaker, and also, Tom, how close he is to not being the Speaker.
1: Yeah, and we're going to find out soon how that's going to work out. I still ultimately think he is going to prevail. I do, too. But you're right. He is in such... Uh, dogfight that he can't afford to alienate anyone. I mean, they, they only have a, a, what is it, a four-seat margin altogether. Yep. And so you can't,
2: you, you
1: really can't afford to lose any votes you need to become Speaker. Maybe he's hoping he can get, you know, elected Speaker and then they deal with this guy. But, I mean, that's not exactly, you know, putting... Uh,
0: Ethics? Uh,
1: you know, <laughs> Integrity? In a, uh, you know, above your uh, above yourself. I mean, he, you know, it, there's just this whole thing. And, and granted, it's uncomfortable for her Republicans. And uh, I mean, this guy could have been in any party. This, this is
0: yeah, this is not a party. Yep.
1: This much of your life. Th- there, there are deeper things going on than just partisan politics with this individual, uh, because this is. But the fact that he got away with it for so long, amazing, it's stunning, yeah. In I, so that's why Republicans don't know what to do with them. In New York. Not exactly, you know, an isolated area.
0: New York's, you know, yeah. in New York State. All right. Uh, always enjoy it.
1: Are you in again for Venita in the next couple days? I am the next two days, and then I get to rest up for the legislative session, which begins next Wednesday. We come today.
0: Guess what? You're on the show again next Wednesday. You've been booked already. All right. Let's do it. One oh five.
1: I'll be better rested. I'll be better rested that time. I'll bet.
0: I'm guessing maybe you'll you'll have run four marathons before then, Before we chat again.
1: No, but I, but I will be training for one. So, uh, but again, I'll be I'll be uh, I'll be tanned, rested, and ready.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, sir. Happy. Uh, no, I can't say it. It's too early. It's too early. I can't mention what's happening starting tomorrow. You can say ha- happy oh, New Year.
1: Tomorrow is too, the rule for Happy New Year. You too early. Well, yeah. then how about you?
0: How about Happy Holidays? That ha- covers everything. Yeah, Happy and It's such a generic, you know. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. I mean, that's probably too late, thank too. You. How about this? See oh, you later. Right. See you later. That, that'll apply. You, Tom Hauser, Channel 5, right here on his station, WCCO. Harrigan out. Josh in. Another of our favorites, Brian Sullivan. Sully from CNBC. He's coming up at uh, 207. Harrigan back tomorrow. DeRussia, to he's taking the week off, but his commitment to this show is uh, well, it's dubious. Let's be honest. But he's in tomorrow. He's still in for this show. Come on, one thirty-five, Jason tomorrow. Jim Pete uh, on with us at twelve thirty-five. The Wolves in New Orleans. Against the uh, Pelicans, I don't like the uh, the last chances. Uh, Yeah, this Rudy Gobert trade—I've talked on and on and on about it before. We will get back to that again with Jim Pete. Um, Okay, briefly on the shorts. Outside of you're still a dope. When it's 25 degrees and colder, why are the youngsters? Wearing shorts. You're 30. You said, Josh. Is that right? 30. Yeah. 30. Okay. I, still, I don't feel like a youngster. I. No, you're not a youngster at 30. No,
2: cancer aged me like 25 years. Yeah, so. I would think so. That would that would change a lot. Oh yeah. Um, yeah.
0: Well, you wear a short on a day like this. It's 37 degrees outside. Shorts. Not a chance. No chance.
2: Don't want a cold. Yeah. That's how you get a cold is by wearing shorts in this weather. I'm wearing joggers. That's good enough for me. Well, la di da. Look like there might be Lululemon joggers. No, too. no, no. I'm just a radio guy.
0: Yeah. Do you look uh, with chagrin? Do you shake your head with the youngsters? Do you believe it's just the
2: youngsters? Yeah. I just was at Target three, four days ago when it was negative negative, you know, 16 out, and there was a kid at Target wearing black basketball shorts and a gray hoodie and just a snapback hat. What are you doing, man? I think,
0: I think uh, Target should have the ability to say,
2: get out of the store. <laughs> this place doesn't need a dress code for this, this kind of weather.
0: You know, you, you know, we don't want this to be over racial, gender, religious reasons. This will just be the common sense idea. Yeah. Hey, dope, you're wearing
2: shorts. It's 10 below. Go home. Get out of the store. Some people like to use the Minnesota tough cliche with that, but I don't think I think that's just Minnesota dumb. <laughs> that is that
0: is absolutely dumb. Do you wear shorts? When it's this cold, what do you think when you see people wearing shorts? Cities One Talk and Text Line, 651 461 9226 I need to get this job as uh, what do we like to call it? The side hustle? Woman charges. Wait for this one. $480 an hour to help millennials overcome phone phobia. She's known as the phone lady. There was a profile on her in Business Insider. Okay. Gen Z skills. That's what she told the folks. Don't have the skills given them. In my generation, the phone on the wall was in everyone's house. We were taught to answer and make calls at a young age. Now we have several generations that were never taught anything about talking the phone, and people have removed their phones from their homes. Are you bleeping kidding me? Every other kid on the planet has a phone when they're way too young. And this... Borderline, not quite there, Mary Jane McConardus. Not, no, you're not there. Let me let me go with a friend of mine. Allegedly, you say allegedly you're safe. Is going to charge you five hundred bucks to say, hold the phone, talk to the phone, feel comfortable with the phone, have the phone as your friend. You know what this? Push a button on the phone, text and phone. I can, can we do this? Can we, Josh? You and I during the breaks could do this. Yeah. Phone phobia. Okay, I get we got a lot of phobias. And there may be an infinitesimal number of people legitimately have have a of a very 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 rare phobia for phones. I think it might be seven on planet earth. She's charging 500 bucks an hour cuddle with your phone. Get to know your phone. Bring your phone to friends. We got to take it. How about us, Josh? Half. $240.
2: hour. we will help the millennials. We'll cut her in half. You get the business going. Millennials, I mean, just... I'll just grab my wife and she can do it. She loves her phone, so I'll get paid two forty, and she can cuddle her phone or hold her phone however she wants to. Do. Wait a second, I'm
0: not dividing the. I'm not dividing this with. Uh, this is this is half. She, okay, so she's like this is half. This isn't thirds now, all right, Josh. All right, all right, all right. You're sharing with her. It sounds like Josh is cutting me out already.
2: No, no. Does know. she have
0: phone phobia?
2: Uh, no. She's the opposite of phone phobia. She's, she's phone addicted. Of not being a phone. Yeah. Uh, on her phone. Yeah
0: percentage of time she's on her phone 60 70 60 70 yeah dinner when you two are having dinner is she on the phone
2: 50 50 depending, 50. depending on how, like risque the dinner is i mean risque dinner what what, what like are your ben, dinners yeah, ben, like ben, <laughs> hold on a second yeah baby we got to get fancy you know yeah. no um benihana's or something like that it's usually phones are away uh, I mean, obviously, you're paying that much money for food that we ain't having phones out at the table. <laughs> I think
0: you mean risky, not risque. That, sh-
2: yeah, sure. Yeah. I'll take your word for
0: it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Unless Benny Hanna's changed their approach. I mean, maybe more power to them. Yeah. Okay. Are you? Uh, do you have phone phobia? Do you know someone who has phone phobia? And the last one on the phone, <laughs> and I want a little uh, feedback from you on the City's One talk and text line. So embrace your phone. I'm texting with two different people last night. And all of a sudden, in the middle of uh, texting, both of them independently, fill in the blank, has now silenced their notifications. I think they're telling me to hit the road. I think they're. Is that the way now to end the conversation? Uh, And iPhone has it. I'm sure various other ones have some way to say. uh, And then it says with the iPhone, do you want to tell them anyway? Like so, you have to press the button. So then it's like capitalize. What's your protocol there, Josh? You're in a conversation with somebody and says Chad has now silenced. His notifications, my default, 95% of the time, if it's somebody I know, I hit that baby and just still send them the notifications. Where Where are you at? What's your policy there? How would the, uh, the phone phobia doctor handle that?
2: Honestly, sometimes I think it's either they're sleeping, which is a valid reason, I guess, if you don't want your phone going off or yeah, you pretty much, it's the, it's the new being left on red, uh. Technique by uh, people not wanting to answer your texts and/or notifications that you're trying to send them. So, uh, the first instinct I think is, uh, yeah, okay, this conversation—it's the it's the silent treatment, basically. So you're you're okay, yeah. They, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: I'm not. I, I I just I just push the button again and say <laughs> no, no. I, I I I had another point to make. What what is your protocol there when all of a sudden it's, say, hey, Adam Carter hypothetically has silenced. His notification. Now, he goes to bed at 6.15, so it's a different situation. Chime in on any of these phone issues or maybe a phone phobia problem you're having. 651-461-9226. All right, more text coming in on the uh, shorts conversation. You can chime in on any of these on the city's One Talk and uh, text line 651-461-9226. microcenter In St. Louis Park, you can see all ages walking with their Nike basketball shorts and flip-flops all winter. Some probably finishing a uh, cigarette in the parking lot. I did. I can get back to that today. I did see two people just comfortably, nonchalant manner. One in my neighborhood just flicking the cigarette out in the snow, and another one at the light just flicking the cigarette out. 500 buck fine. That's what it should be. We are not tough enough about laziness and littering in this state. My truck is 70 degrees. My gym is 70 degrees. My apartment is 70 degrees. If I'm going to go outside, walking, biking, some outdoor activity, I will wear long pants, but 90% of the time I'm in shorts. This person is committed. I'm 71 years old. I live in Hopkins. I wear shorts year-round. I'm on the snowblower in shorts. Would you do that, Josh? Not a chance. What if it was, let's say, more Denver-esque? And it's, you know, they, they have the, the weather swings more than we do regarding temperature. Yeah. Where it's 20 degrees one day, it's 60 Potentially the next day. Not an exaggeration at all. I know if you wait a while on 60, the snow just goes away. But sometimes in Denver, the day before, it's nine inches of snow. If it's 55 degrees out and it feels even warmer, are you snow blowing in the shorts?
2: Probably not. I'm still a no also. I just, no. Especially with the elevation. No.
0: Wait a second. Wait a second.
2: The elevation makes you feel colder? A little gusty up there, you know? Oh, because we're higher up. Yep. There's more wind. Okay. It depends on where in Denver. I just went to Denver for the first time in February. So it was uh, a bazillion feet of snow the day before. And then it, the next day it was like 50 and I was driving on the freeway. It just saw, you know, mounds of snow on the sides of the freeway. <laughs> it was kind of different. It that, is. It,
0: like, it, the extremes there are pretty uh, impressive. I go to the gym in my shorts off uh, off and afterwards I run errands in my workout show it's all very comfortable. The shorts community trying to defend their crew. Women can wear short skirts in the winter, but guys can't wear short pants. I don't get it. Here's the difference. When a female is wearing a shorter skirt, it is a fashion decision based on where they may be going. You're just wearing shorts because you want to be comfortable. There there is a larger and I'm all for comfort. I'm all for plenty of times when it's casual night or it is a fancy night. I don't think this uh, comparison holds up real far though, Josh. No. How about you?
2: Nope. I I couldn't agree with you more.
0: I've told my son, then when it is or feels like it's below zero, he has to wear pants, no shorts. I guess I don't know what the punishment might be. It's not like I'm, you know, I'm not going to get the taser out. But it's at some point, by the way, when, you know, depending upon the age you know we do have the ability to offer up. Okay, this is what we're going to do. This is what, not what we're going to do. When my boys are twenty-seven and twenty-six, and they don't live with me and they're fully functioning adults, I just shake my head at what they were doing. I want you to follow us on Twitter at Chad Hartman Show. Again, we we don't need we don't need music at the top, Josh. Got it. Got it. Got it. We'll just do it again um, for for the end of the show. Okay, that's fun. Uh, even though a little Bill Withers sounds pretty good. Uh, follow us at Chad Hartman Show. And, Josh, remind me again, where are you on the Twitter machine?
2: At Josh Wheeler 23. At
0: Josh Wheeler 23. 23 yes. is significant to you. Why?
2: Uh, born on the 23rd and just my favorite number, plus hey. Michael Jordan's the greatest basketball player of all time.
0: Haven't heard of him. Uh, coming up, CBS, Laura Oaks, and a friend from CNBC. Brian Sullivan is always entertaining. Don't forget to podcast the show anywhere you get podcasts. Chad Hartman Show. You'll get it there.